So, so this is the uh, this is the third time that we we've, we've managed to try and come up with a funny intro for the giant tumor episode, and God. we still haven't gotten anything. No. God, we are bad at this. Bad at this. Totally bad. Bad like Meredith Grey is at being a person. No, she's just terrible, honey. Terrible. Yeah, she's bad at being a person. Get it right. Hashtag. No hashtag. <laughs> Welcome to A Hard Gray's Night. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm McPizza. Don't ever bring me back. I'm terrible. <laughs> what? Pizza's good. McPizza? Not so good. Oh, I see. It would have been uh, better. Yeah. I get it now. It, would, it would, would have only been better if it had been T-Bone! <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pizza on top of a T-Bone steak? No, I mean, it's just a pizza got hit by a car like Derek does in season 10. Oh my God, you're spoilers. so bad. Spoilers. Spoilers for anyone oh who has God, You better write show. spoilers at the top of this no. episode. No, yes, I'm not. I'm not going to write spoilers. You're terrible. Who the hell is watching this episode? Nobody is watching this. About, yeah. Nobody is watching this. Who the hell this? is watching Grey's Anatomy for the first time listening to this podcast? If you are, I am sorry. Stop watching Grey's Anatomy. You don't have to. I do. Oh, God. I'm you're, doing it for you. You're making it I am the sin eater for you. You, you make don't... it... You make it miserable for everybody. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Meredith makes it miserable for everyone. I just spread that. Meredith is just terrible. Yeah, she is just terrible. So, so uh, uh, today's episode is entitled... Oh, my gosh. I sound like... tomorrow I, never wait, comes. I'm, I sound like Abby from uh, from Dance Moms. Yeah. Everything's entitled. Entitled yeah. this. It's, well, they're all pretty entitled on Dance really Moms. Are. I will say that. So, if tomorrow... Oh, by the way, this is, I think this is actually normally the thing I do. Are you trying to take over my responsibility? No, not at all. Yeah. I just, I wanted to say something about it. Because oh, okay, I know we talk on. about the, the first song. Right. Uh, or the, the first song. <laughs> like, the first dance. I, we talk when about... I first... I, by the way, I, but before we go into that, yeah. I, I, I want to say, I kind of kept confusing if tomorrow never comes with like about four other songs yeah. and or movies like i was like at first i was like wait isn't that a james bond movie i'm like no that's tomorrow never dies nice. uh and there's a like tomorrow never knows by the beatles which is a much better song um man yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit about the song tomorrow. there's it's it's garth brooks and you'll get into the more detail about it in yeah. a second but i just want to give that so people knew um and i'm not the biggest country fan um, I like some country, but I don't like all country music. Mm-hmm. Sorry to those of you who are country f- aficionados, fans, and whatnot. Um, I think whatnot would be a whole other category. But um, I'm mostly a fan of whatnot. <laughs> yes, whatnot's a pretty good thing. So, uh, but um, this song, it's like, I, it's it's actually un. It's 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 unremarkable would be yeah. how I'd put Which it. Which is funny. Yeah, can I can I actually get into the song because it's like yeah. okay, this song came out in 1989. Yeah. It's a, apparently uh it's his Garth Brooks Tra- Troyal Garth Brooks is his full name. Is, oh, is it really? His, apparently his full name is Troyal Garth Brooks according to w- Wikipedia. Well, Maybe that's Garth. for the Royal Garth Brooks. Like, Troyal with a T. Troyal. Who knew that Garth was actually his better name option, you know? I would probably change my name to Brooks Garth if I was a. Uh, I wouldn't. You know, versus versus Garth Brooks. Uh, you know, if I gotta choose, I would switch him at least. Anyway, the song came eighty nine. It was I'd his be first. Brooks Troyal. No, you wouldn't. You're not Troyal enough for that. You're not Troyalty. You're not country music <laughs> a little bit Troyalty. Country music uh, Troyalty. So this is like apparently his first love song. 
you know, to be released as a single. And it's also, he considers it his signature song, which says a lot about the music of Garth Brooks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one of those I like everything but rap and country uh, guys. I like, I like everything just about there's not a genre i don't enjoy it's something true. He in, does, except he possibly will. jam bands yeah he, well you listen to you know, like um but you know like you I, might not like the what is it the insane clown posse well they're 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 bad rap yeah i'm saying they're not they're not they're, they're not good they're represent- just bad and my around. point being that garth brooks is not someone i would think of as an exemplar of country i mean he is the man who has sold more records than the beatles so you know i can't obviously i can't dispute that some people really love him but uh, he's not my cup of tea. This song was very generic. It, yeah. I, it, it, it felt like a country song by the numbers. Yes. You know, like it like it had the same arrangement as about every other country song ever. And I just, Garth Brooks just does not have a remark. Like there's nothing about him that feels special to me. You know, he's like I've never understood why he has, I mean, other than those wonderful Full House style shirts that he used to wear in the uh, early 90s, I really don't see what his appeal was. But um, yeah, this so this this song. I'm not really sure how this song relates. Oh, and it was. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that it was uh, also co. It was co-written. Garth Brooks had the idea for the song. The song, you know, topic. But he 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 shipped it around Nashville, but no one could write one good enough for him until some Irish guy named Kent Lazy <laughs> managed in 15 seconds to write the first first verse. And it feels like it was written in 15 seconds because it is the tritest, tritest, trite that ever trited. So I think I, I we can talk later if you want about why I think it definitely relates to the episode. But oh, and I guess the title again. I, this is once again, I, I think the problem is you name your show, all your episodes of your show about songs as song titles. That's your that's your trope. You know, like a la The Way Friends is the one about blah. Right. But if you if you name all your shows about song titles, I feel like that song should in some way be part of the episode. But I feel like it's only the titles of the songs. It is. And that's stupid. There's no, like, why I think do it was because, well, because I think they probably couldn't get the rights to all the songs that they wanted to use. Well, no, I'm not saying including the music. I'm oh. saying the thematic parts. See, I of think the it song. was. I think it was thematically part of this episode. Mm, I guess, but I, I, I feel like I, I, I mean, maybe in this one you you might be right. I, I'm will. I'm open to that interpretation. But I'm going to tell you right now. There were a couple episodes ago. Um, that 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 god awful song that like. I can't even remember the name, which one it was, but like I know for a fact, like it, what what the song was about was not at all what the episode was about, and it was mm-hmm. just the title of the song worked for the episode. And I just I feel like it's cheap. It's like it's, it it makes it much more gimmicky. I would be impressed if they actually could take these songs and really make them part of the DNA of the of each episode. I would be really impressed. But as it is, it's a gimmick that makes no sense because I mean the show never has music that is the, the, the kind of music that the songs are that they're about anyway. Mm-hmm. It's always like something about the fucking Diddy Bobs every goddamn episode, and, you know? So um, let's let's dive into this episode a little bit. Um, I'd also uh, like to thank in advance, because it hasn't happened yet, because we're not recording it right now, um, uh, uh, Hockey Night CT for um, his live tweeting of this episode. And but what I mean by live tweeting because it is a podcast that is being recorded in advance before he gets to hear it, is that when he he listens to it, he will tweet it. So if you enjoy that and you've listened to the episode, by all means, follow him. Thank you for explaining live tweeting. I mean, I understand why it's not really live tweeting what he's doing. Exactly. Thank you for that deep explanation. You're you're welcome. Um, I would like to say about this episode that I thought... um, And I I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel like this is... I suspect I don't. I think this is where Gray's 
starts to hit its stride a little bit. Like it's like just ramping into its what would be considered, don't laugh, the golden age of Grey's Anatomy, which I think actually is in some of these earlier casts. There is only one golden age of Grey's Anatomy, and that's every moment Lexi is on camera. Oh, well, she's coming, honey. So, um, spoiler alert. So, uh, oh, oh, she'll be coming. Oh, wait, what? Oh my gosh, you are so gross. So, <laughs> wait, what? The, the, um, so the what I think about why I think this episode actually took like a nice leap forward is that we did have um, jumping like jump moments where we were like, oh, you know, and we were, there was more pathos and we actually cared, and they took more time for us to give a damn about these patients. Actually start making, having consequences? Yeah, and some <laughs> of their, and the patients actually start to matter more. And it's not that they didn't matter before. Like, the dude with the with the nails in his head, that bothered me, and that was sad, and that was a sad story. But for some reason, it didn't land. Um, or the woman, you know, who, when, when Christina asked her, you know, do you, you donate all these parts of him? That, that, but... It didn't land in the same way. This was the first episode that I feel like we're getting to see things from the eyes of the doctors, but also from the eyes of the patients and their families. And we get to feel the pathos and the sadness and the when they lose patients or when they have a win or what that does in a deeper, more meaningful way. Plus, it, it was the tension was ramped, ratcheted up in a better way in this I episode. Think, well, I, I think maybe it's also, this may be the first time I mean, I think patients have died yeah. on the table, but I think this is the first time it was set up for a patient to survive. Like, it was built up in such a way, like, you know, they. I mean, they set it up so it's like an operation that, like, she has a, a very high risk of dying in. And generally speaking, weirdly enough, that usually means they're going to make it. Right. In most TV shows about doctors. You know, usually the patients that die, it's like because something happens on the table that's a surprise. Right. Yeah. So this was so like she's set up, you know, she's set up to like that she's going to make it through, you know, but then she doesn't. And that leaves uh, Alex, you know, like basically without redemption. And I I will say my charitable read of Grey's Anatomy, if I'm going to if I'm going to. If I'm going to go ahead and be as nice as I can about Grey's Anatomy, is yeah. this is a moment that Grey's Anatomy realized that they turned Alex into a cartoon. Mm. And so they they kind of walked him back. This is the beginning of the redemption of Alex Karev and the turning of him into a character as opposed to just a foil. I mean, he'll still basically be a foil for another season or so, I think. But this is where you, you actually see that maybe he's not the worst person always. Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe, you know, like... I mean, last episode or whatever or whatever episode it was, it was like you find out, you know, his dad was a junkie. Right. But this is the episode where he's being an asshole, a manipulative asshole. He's being nice to someone to her face and then bad-mouthing around her back, and he gets caught. Yeah. And instead of getting instead of getting a chance to apologize, she dies thinking he's an asshole. Right. You know, and I think that's a moment where, like, you know, like it obviously hit home. You know, like you can see it's hitting home to him that, hey, when you're a dick all the time, you got to expect that sometimes people are going, you know, you know, to, to, to suffer for it and you're going to suffer for your own actions occasionally. True. So I, I, I will say, yeah, it, but going, going back. So, um, yeah, I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop that little angle and go back to just talking about how stupid this show is. So, so, uh, so, so let's start with the, yeah. So George opens this, um, episode up by trying to bring 
Meredith. These two, like, these are like friend central perk sized coffee mugs yeah. that are suppo- supposedly, you can it see they're like full coffee. of brown liquid. Yeah. Supposedly it's coffee. I mean, it's got to be coffee. I mean, they're not. You know, I gotta give them credit. At least they didn't do an empty mug. They, they, well, they had, they couldn't because it was a joke. Because you know, it wasn't a capped. You because know, he's yeah, because basically he cup. he's got these two gigantic cups. And he's trying to open the door and he ends up dropping and spilling the coffee all over himself. And this is where I'm like, f u t v. Yeah. Because I have spilled scalding coffee. And I, that has to be fresh hot coffee. He's bringing her fresh coffee. He's not, he's not going to bring her a lukewarm room temperature. I, Mer- Meredith, I, I left this cup of coffee out last night. You want to share it with me? <laughs> That's not what happened. This has got to be hot, piping hot coffee. And he dumps it on his groin. Yeah. All right. As you know, and as I don't know if the audience knows because I don't know that I actually mentioned it uh, on this podcast or one of the other ones. You know, I just recently dumped scalding water on my chest by mistake. Oh, yeah. uh, terrifying. About... about three weeks ago and I still have a little bit of a skull like a little bit of like discolored skin and I had blisters and second degree burns and this you know and I was you know like I wasn't wearing any more than he was or any less than he yeah. was so there is no way George is not in agony right Super, you know and he spilled it on his groin yeah yeah it was ridiculous so I mean, so like it just bothers me that like apparently like he's immortal because obviously there was cold coffee you know for the actor's sake but then there's no acting. He doesn't act like it burned him. He just acts right. embarrassed. Yeah. Like, I mean, this isn't spilling a glass of water on yourself or even a glass of grape juice. Right. They should have made it orange juice or something that, you yeah. know what I mean? Or, or made him go, ha, 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 or something. Yeah. He doesn't have to be, like, permanently scarred, but right. show that the damn coffee's hot. Yeah, I agree. You know? Coffee acting. So That's they, all we want is good coffee acting. So uh, both Meredith and Christina Yang are late uh, to rounds, and Meredith's late because she just is a little depressed about the fact that Bailey caught her and Derek in the car in the last episode and she and Bailey's yeah. not talking to her. And Christina's late because she was with uh I don't know what's that is not was. a very good it's my personal wait she was doing a country hoedown? She what? was. Well I was trying to bring in Garth Brooks's music into oh, this no. <laughs> uh into the sex She's sex got scene. friends in low places. She sure did oh she sure did. And by low places, I mean her. She put her. She put little Burke down there. <laughs> oh, ain't nothing little about Burke. She got a little, she got a little Burke down there. So. Um, um, oh, by the by the way, there's also some. It's not really foreshadowing, but you want to talk like dramatic dramatic irony on a level that would almost be like if if Derek was eating a T-bone steak is uh whenever like Izzy gives George hell about like if, you know what if you die tomorrow like what if you're dying and you you, you go to your grave yes. and you haven't you haven't whatever you know you know like. You haven't like told Meredith how you feel and whatever, and he's like blah blah blah. And he's like, he finally he's like, wait, I'm not dying. Yeah. Spoilers. It's like, oh, oh, that's so sad that you think you're not going to die, George. So but- cute. So they get into, they finally get into rounds, and it turns into, um, they walk in, and right before they walk in, Bailey says, nobody laughs, nobody makes a sound, nobody opens their mouth like gaping wide, drops their jaw or anything. You just maintain decorum, okay? And everybody walks in, and there is. The largest tumor ever. And I, I put the H in front of it because it's freaking enormous. Yeah, it's, it's, Guinness, it's Guinness Book of World Records, enormide tumor. Yeah, and, and, uh, I, and I will say this this starts, I think, I mean, all right, Nail Gun Guy kind of did it, but I yeah. think this cements the. We're about the to do some gra- weird the, shit. The, yeah. other, the other Grey's Anatomy thing of let's bring in some people that are just that just have a weird-ass condition. Right, right. So that we can play some fun doctor stuff. But I will say, um, 
This tumor is on her side, and it is the size of a small child. Yeah. Um, Jackson. Jackson size. It's the size of a prize-winning pumpkin at the state fair. I mean, it's enormous. And the reason that she didn't come in before, because this thing's been growing for a year and a half, is uh, um, you, we don't know. We just know that she's been shut in and unable to move yeah, and, in her house. And the doctors are all, like, wonderfully callous about her. Oh, yeah. They're I shitty. I mean, like, yeah, behind her back. You know, but Alex has been very sweet to her in the beginning. Yeah, because like, Alex he was, was, he was there when he was she on call, in. yeah. <laughs> and he wants in on this surgery. So he's been as charming as charming can be. He's got her, she's calling him uh, by his first name and he's. she's told him to call her by her first yeah. name. And he's totally allayed all of her fears. And they actually ask Izzy to take her in to get an MRI and she asks if Alex can do it instead. Which brings us to the plot point of where Alex... Oh, we've established, by the way, that uh, that Meredith has been walking on eggshells around Bailey because Bailey's not even talking to her, right? Yeah, so, I said so, that. Yeah, I, couldn't, yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah. I probably wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's, it's normal for you. Yeah, um, <laughs> just checking. Yeah. So we've got we've got, so, we got tumor person. So we... Oh, right. I guess we should we introduce the other... And yeah. then we moved on. The uh, uh, the other cases, there is a there's a guy who's have a, who had a heart problem, a, a bypass surgery. Right. And he's doing well and stable right now. And then there is, uh, and then there is a, there's a man with uh, Parkinson's. With, with Parkinson's, and when uh, when when Derek asks, uh, you know, McPizza asks, um, what do you uh, what, what do we do for this? Uh, you know, Izzy starts to say like, well, for the Parkinson's, I would recommend he stops. Says, He's just here for spinal pain, not the Parkinson's. You know, mm-hmm. so they're. So obviously this guy, and he's got very severe Parkinson's. He's I mean, shaking, it's shaking a lot. like crazy. It's, it, like it's it's like I'm not going to make fun because it's a very awful condition. Oh, it's ho- you know? awful. Like, but yeah, he is shaking terribly. I, I I'm not going to. It's so obvious. I'm not going to try and come up with a fun, crazy metaphor. It's so obvious. It's, it's, it's so obvious. The quality of life is just yeah, it, gone yeah, at this pretty, point. And but, I mean, but on the plus side, uh, we found the duck. It's in his room. Yes, the duck is in blue. his room. It's blue. This blue time. duck in his room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's, also there's a lot of random interns. Yeah, there's extra interns. Like, like there's inter. Like, where, where, this is weird because, like, like there, we're six episodes in, and suddenly we're we're seeing interns again that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And this episode has a lot of like extras. Yeah. Compared to a lot of the Grey's Anatomy, especially compared to later Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. But even compared to the first season, I noticed there's a ton of people in the operating theater part. Yep. Like, and I'm talking like doctor characters, obviously yeah. older men. Like, there was an older black gentleman with yep. like a beard. Yep. You know, we like, had no Chief Weber this episode. Yeah, there's no Chief Weber this episode. I was going to comment on that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I see. All older black gentlemen with beards look alike to you. No, so. it just, no, it just reminded me. I was like, yeah, there's like, no yeah, Chief there's Weber. No, like, yeah, there's no Chief Weber this episode. Uh, there's there's allusions to Alice Gray because of the the daughter of right. the Parkinson's guy talking to Meredith. But there's no there's no Alice, even though she's in the previously thing. Like, um, Well, and I was going to point that out, that the Parkinson's guy... Um, the, I mean, it's sad in and of itself, but the daughter is really what sort of breaks your heart about yeah, this it. This episode has a lot of personal value for you, like not not just you know like the thing of like the the Parkinson's guy, you know, where it's like you know we had a similar occasion where thankfully he's fine now, but there was a time when we were worried your father like like a month before our wedding we were worried your father might not make it, right? You know, and but um, like beyond that, there's just the fact that you know a freakish gigantic tumor that went unnoticed for a long time <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know anybody who had one of those in her uh no, certainly inside. not one with eye like hair and teeth almost had like eyes and teeth but yeah. if your tumor had an eye it's I called a dermoids dermoid cyst yes it's tumor it's, it's called you ate your twin you well, ate your twin that's true those of you who are big fat <laughs> freak wedding <laughs> people 
Oh, you oh, rusty boom. ventured your twin. I totally did. And those of you who get that joke, don't get you should... about, don't don't talk about getting jokes. They if they don't get it, they can move on. Those it's of, like Mystery Science Theater. You just those move on of you who group. who should listen to our other podcast, uh, A Match Made in Space, which probably you would hear a lot more venture venture brother. Is there? Oh, I, I don't know. I just brothers? but I feel like you would, and those people those are your fans who would who would you I'm know gonna, appreciate that. I'm gonna make a Venture Brothers reference anytime it's appropriate. Yeah, which is. Almost never in uh, in the in, in our '80s podcast, but certainly now. Certainly very, now you're gonna make them. So excuse me. Oh, hi. Yeah, <clears throat> we are all over the map. We are. So um, that we find out at this point uh, when George goes in to draw blood from um, our friend who has the tumor. Wow. No, whoa. Oh. No, we don't find out at this point. We're that's like middle of the episode, huh? Yeah. Yeah, um, that was when I took, that's when I took the next note. Yeah, I Sorry, have a lot I of notes in between. My there. bad. They they take her to the they take her to the the MRI. They take yeah they take her CT actually. Oh, it's CT. Sorry, they take her to the CT and oh, but but in this point also, you know, like we're in Parkinson's room, you know, Meredith comes up with the answer to the pain problem, and so Shepard says, "Yeah, good, you you know, prepare, you know, help with him and whatever." Right. And 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 Bailey just grinds yeah. her teeth Bailey and happy. then uh bailey ends up bailey, we get the first of two bailey chew outs this yeah, episode there were two good ones yeah ba- that's what i was going to say don't you dare jump ahead oh, of my sorry, beloved sorry i forgot about so ba- beloved first bailey. of all bailey bailey basically uh makes fun of uh like I, let me let me see i actually have this uh, beloved bailey and darling lexi yeah beloved ba- but bailey uh bailey says you think you're charming in that talented neurotic overly moose hair sort of way <laughs> good for you i like when she makes fun of Derek because he's her boss yeah like her making fun of meredith she's picking on someone who's below her but man every time she goes up to Derek, and Derek even says that he's like you know i'm your boss and she's like you don't scare me you don't scare me which it's is a great awesome. moment yeah she basically like you find out that she's not really pissed off because meredith and Derek are together she's pissed off because meredith and Derek being together makes her life harder yeah she has no, like, she doesn't give a shit about their relationship. Well, deep down, though, she's worried about Meredith. She just won't say it because oh, she's. You know what? She probably is, but I like to imagine that she hates Meredith as much as I do. You can imagine. In my it, fan baby. fiction. In my fan fiction. Bailey, Mer- the uh, fan Bailey fiction. hates Meredith. Bailey hating Meredith. I think your fan fiction is going to have to do with sassy male nurse Tyler. Oh, I, I, I'm going to find him a boy. I don't know that he's gay, <laughs> but I, I think I, I'm going to ship him with some guy. Because I feel like with that, maybe that, that one nurse that Bailey dates briefly that... He's not gay? No, I'm saying maybe he maybe he, after Bailey breaks that one nurse's yeah. heart to, yeah. you know, when she gets with Lauren. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe because that, that's a pretty good looking guy. Maybe maybe he and uh, Sassy, uh, Sassy will get right, together. But, the, but the dude that was with Bailey is not gay. I know, but maybe Bailey broke his heart so much oh, that he swears that off women. Swears Look, off women. Honey, it's my fan fiction. I apologize, you are correct. I should not if jump I on have, If I want to have two, two, two male nurses have sex By while, all ba- means, while Bailey yells at uh, Meredith, then that's, that's my fan fiction. You know, if, if anybody wants to Also, Lexi Gray is having that. sex with the new doctor. Uh, what? Like John Walter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh... She doesn't die either. Turns out she's like, oh, that was a trick. I was pretending. I faked my own death because so, I wanted Meredith off my back. I think you have more, um, I have I have spoiled more, the deaths of three characters this yeah, you're episode. You're a terrible person. Can you tell us more what happens next in your notes? Uh, okay, so... She's in the she's in the CT. Oh, and uh, Izzy doesn't end up taking her. Uh, she, yeah, she, she asks Alex for Alex. Her. I and said that. while she's in the CT... Um, Alex and the CT technician are talking about how how could this person do this? 
you know, out to themselves? How could they not care enough about their lives? And this is right after he's already put her in there and Because she's basically had this tumor for a long time and she hasn't done anything until the the night before. Right. And so, and, and, and the reason that this is like lands so hard is that she's really connected with Alex. And then right before he And the reason it lands at all is because it turns out, because I hadn't gotten to that point. That the mic was live. Well, I, I wasn't going to say that part, but that's okay. I was about to say that right before he leaves the room, he says that he he's very kind to her and makes her feel right. really comfortable. Oh, well, he's been and, very kind to her the whole right, time. Right, and I'm saying, but imagine, he just did that charm thing again. She really thinks that he cares about her. She's scared to death to be yeah. at the hospital, which we don't know yet, but we do find out. And, she, and he leaves the room, and she hears him as you just said right, yeah. the mic was live as they start talking about yeah and like you, you see like the cut to her face and she's just sitting there like you know it's pretty horrifying looking, looking just miserable and sad and so there's some other stuff that happens but like the the gist of the next part of the thing is that like dr burke comes in to tell her you know about the operation that they need to do for her and how it's a very dangerous operation but she's like she's gonna it's the risks are very high in the operation, but the risks are even higher if she doesn't have it. Right. And she says, I'll do it, but only if he's not in there. And she points right. at Alex, and then, you know, and he's like, whoa, 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 what? You know, and, like, basically, he's kicked off the case, and, you know, like, it's like, you know, and, like, it's like, you don't let, you know, like, and Burke says, you know, like, 60% of malpractice suits, you know, happen, you know, like, are, like, happen because the patient's been offended by a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that that increases the likelihood of being sued by 60% is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so and, you know, he's, he's basically kicked out of the operating room and all operating rooms for, like, a week mm-hmm. because Burke is pissed off at him. Right. Um, and then, and then we cut back to the other, the other plot line, the Parkinson's guy, you know. Well, wait, before we go there, I just want to jump in with Christina Yang goes to the mother to get a a history because she really wants to be in on the surgery so she asks Burke if she can be in on the surgery and he says well go get a history from the mother so he's kind of giving her a special yeah, he's favor. actually giving it's kind of funny because it, like there no one knows about them and so Christina's actually getting preferential treatment and nobody knows yeah like in a way that Meredith is like it, it has been accused of getting right and it's know. really Christina's good anyway so she goes and asks the mother and this was kind of the most like crappy Christina moment in yeah, a, that was real shitty uh, the mother's trying to explain what happened and she's like well she wasn't able to breathe and so we decided to finally call and and then Christina slams the 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 file closed and says you should you know you should have brought her in a year ago and yeah. like just rolls her eyes and walks away, which is really well. Actually, she says, "Yeah, the t- I thought it was time." Oh, the, yeah. the mother says, "Like I thought it was, you know, I I, I thought it was the time to call the hospital because she was having trouble breathing." And she says, "Like the time, to, you know, would have been, been a, year. a year ago." So, which is just shitty and whatever. But and she um, walks off like shaking her head. Yeah, and then and, we oh, you can go to the and Parkinson's then we, and then we go basically back to the Parkinson's patient, um, whose name I never picked up. But um, basically, Meredith's talking with him and like small talk. Bits about his, uh, you know, about his operate, about his op- the 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 low level operation they're going to do to relieve his spinal pain, and the um, the daughter run like stops her and basically like tells her, you know, like listen, you know, he likes you, he likes skinny blondes, whatever, you know, and like Mara's not really, but real. it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, but anyway, um, but like she says, you've got to talk him into this operation. You don't know what it's like to, you know, like to have a parent like this. I've lost everyone. I, this is all I have and blah, blah, blah. And Mary's like, I know exactly what it's like. But she also says like this kind of heartbreaking thing of like, I'm getting married in a month and I don't want my, you know, I, I want, I want him to be able to walk me down the aisle, but he's not going to be able to, you know, right. and he, you know, like she's worried he's going to get worse and maybe not even be there. And just to clarify the, the medicine on this, supposedly if 
he does this deep brain stimulation, which is essentially putting, he has to be awake. They have to do surgery on his brain and put probes in that will stop the shaking. Yeah, it's, like it's been known to, to really help the Parkinson's and it would help the spinal pain. I think right. both things would happen. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, especially, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah and, and essentially, yeah, it, it would reduce his tremors immensely. Immensely. So, and, but, he, but he's refusing, he's to, refusing do to do it because he doesn't it. want his brain operated on. Right. You know, and so that's a bone of contention. And so Meredith goes to Derek and basically is like, you know, I think if you, you know, you got to go try and talk with him about this. And, and Derek is, Bailey's there. So Derek basically says, no. And he you shuts know, her down and, really and hard. He shuts her down hard. And he basically says, if you don't want, you know, if you don't like that, you know, you know, I don't need you in this surgery. You know, basically he's, you know, like he, he, he overplays his hand to, uh, to, to show Bailey that he, you know, can play ball. But then, of course, they're at lunch and he pages her anyway to come in. Because it turns out he's going he's gonna he to try to do this. He wants to try to do it anyway. Yeah and, yeah. and then, like, basically she ends up going, like, I guess, oh, let me look and see where, where we're at in the uh, grand Well, in the, mean, in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, as we're waiting on yeah, this. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. We, my notes are coming to this exact where, yeah. where I was going to. So, no, the, 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 this is the next thing I think that actually happens of import is, um, so... She checks and, like, she talks to him and, like, she kind of gives him the, you know, this is, you know, from her own experience, it's like, yes, it's your life because he's like, it's my life, you know, why, 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 why won't these people leave me alone? Why, why, like, do I have to become a, like, do I have to get worse so I'm no longer a candidate just to be left alone? Right. And she says, yes, it is your right life, you're right, but it's also her life and Talking about the daughter. The daughter and it's like, you know, and so I, so she ends up convincing him and she comes in and tells that Bailey and, um, Bailey and, and, uh, Derek are, Watch, or scrubbing in for the tumor operation and she comes in and says he's agreed to do it but it, but only if it happens today if he goes home it's not going to happen so Derek has to get away from the tumor operation and do that right away and he tells Meredith to scrub in and Bailey just gives her like the coldest eat shit and die look and uh, Meredith says look I you know I wanted like I, I want you to know I knew him before I knew he was his boss we slept together it wasn't you know like a thing and, Mer- and Bailey just cuts her off with I don't care and gives her a huge great Bailey chew out about the fact that like how this is going to screw up everything and it's going to fall on her and yeah it's going to ruin her time so yes it is a problem for me and I don't care about whatever and it's it's classic Bailey you you have um, and again fuck you Meredith for being terrible you have um Annie the tumor lady on the table but I would like to bring up something that happens before this is what I was trying to bring up before which is um George is in her room trying to take blood oh yeah that's right and he asks, and she she looks at him. This is right after she comes back from the CT, and she's hurt, overheard Alex, and so she's obviously sh- a little shook up by that and upset about it. Um, and he makes a con, you know, she, she says it's okay, you know, kitten, you don't have to be nice to the to, to the tumor lady. Um, and the know. thing is, George has not been a part of any of this. Any so of he's this. actually like, and George is probably. Like other than maybe is he the most legitimately nice guy person? Yeah, and know? so so he he's just really you know and and she says you don't have to be nice to me and he's like and he said well how, why did you let it get this bad? And she said you know that you're the first person to actually ask me that question. Um, so she tells him and now we learn why she because everybody's calling her lazy and saying that she's ridiculous and who would wait that long to come into a you know a hospital when obviously you're carrying around a fifty pound tumor it's unbelievable and um, he. He asks her very sincerely, and she answers that hospitals are basically hospitals equal death. In her life, her father, her baby sister, all her grandparents, everybody that ever went into a hospital didn't make it out. And so she essentially 
assumes that that's just what they mean. You don't correctly, go to, I guess. If you're well, I mean, we are not there yet. For a dramatic irony, yeah. it's actually you know, and it's and so I think that's what you mean when you say they're setting it up so that she is going to make it because she's it. We don't want her anecdotal evidence to be right. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I so mean, we think as, as an it's just, audience... It, it's, that it's, set up, it's set up for like what the expected thing. And I, it's weird. Like I said, it's very weird that you would... Ex- but I, I expect routine operations to be pro- troublesome and uh, really hard operations to, to, you know, to probably have a survivor. Right. You know, it's not, you know, like that's generally the setup and payoff. Even... In most Grey's Anatomies, that's a yeah. setup and payoff. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a pattern. At least in almost early, every hospital show. At least in the early ones, for well, sure. Well, I think most of them. They, like, it's it's always like, you know, like, the bad things happen generally on patients where, you know, like, it's an unexpected complication. It's almost never a really, truly terrible operation that there's no chance of surviving and then they die, you know? Because this is like, they talk about this is a very, like, it's a very high-risk operation. And generally the high-risk ones, they survive. And generally the lower risk one. And usually it'll go the irony of the, like while there'll be two operations going on and the one who should be fine has, has the complications and so on. So Alex and Izzy, because, you know, these things always happen in pairs. So Alex was supposed to be in on the tumor operation. He's been kicked off. So uh, um, uh, George is put on that now. So it's With it's Yang. now George and Yang. And uh, Meredith is doing... Uh, Parkinson's, which and we'll get all to. All those other mystery interns, apparently, even though they're even though they're on the set and walking around, apparently have no duties because right. they're they're not to be found so, anywhere. So Izzy and and Alex are actually doing all the other stuff that's running around, not like being in at the OR, but but being on call for anybody that has a problem. And so um, Alex doesn't realize this, but his his pager battery. Yeah, he mentions in passing at the CT thing. He's like, "Do you have any batteries? My batteries are low." And the guy's like, "No, sorry." And you know, and you end up like, and then he gets puked on, which is kind of funny. right. Yeah, you know, and so he like, goes to change, and he goes to change. And you see him like he puts his pager down for a second, and they and they zoom in on it, and it says like change battery, change battery. So he's being paged constantly and over and over and over again because there's all these problems going on, and Izzy has to deal with every single and, one of them, and all, getting more and more angry and more and more frustrated. frustrated. And so once one of the things that happens that I think is actually an interesting moment, and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but if you but later it becomes a big deal so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump back and then i'm gonna jump forward jump so back, let me so let me do this so izzy um is walking by and she is talking to she goes into tell the wife of the guy who came out of the bypass surgery that everything's looking good she shows the chest yeah. films he's going to be released later in the day so all is good and then the wife starts to tell her what happened she's like he started he was just making waffles he was he was making the batter and and then he was on the floor. And Izzy knows, you know, you connect with the people, whatever. You don't leave them. And so, and she gets called away to another trauma, another issue. And she apologizes and says, I will be back. Just, you know, hang tight. You know, I will, because she feels bad leaving the woman in the middle of a story. She walks away. Well, it turns out as she's running around dealing with all these problems, she gets paged to this guy's room. Alex has also been paged, but Alex obviously And she's, a, and she's actually told the patient... That it looks like he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's supposed to go home. She was supposed to yeah. release him later that day. Yeah, because she was giving all this information, showing the charge. She's like, what's this mean before before all that happened? Yeah. And she said, it means he, he'll be going home. He's going to be going home. So in in her mind, you know, this is a, this is going to be a guy that they're releasing. But all of us, this, and I'm jumping ahead because I don't know where, because there's so many things that happen all at once that I'm just going to get yeah. this plot point out of the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Either. But she um, gets called in, paged. 
Alex is nowhere to be found. All the residents, nobody's available. Nobody can come in fast enough. And he's basically thrown, um, I think it's a, I think it's a PE, um, um, so he, she has to dive into his chest. And physical education? Public enemy? Yes, honey. Pulmonary embolism. There you go. Hey, I got it in three. You did, you did. I really was hoping it was public enemy. She's never cracked a chest. She's never seen anybody crack a chest, but since he just had, you know, surgery there, there's actually, there's actually the, you know, she has to cut through the stitches and then just open the chest. He's basically got a zipper already there. Right, right. So she goes in and they're like, you have to do it. And she's freaking out. And they're like, you have to get the clot. You have to get it. If you don't get the clot, then you're not going to be able to, right. She has all this trouble with suction. She ends up having to like reach in and pull the clot out herself. And then she has to massage the heart by herself, which is intense and insane. And uh, and she does, and she brings him back, and she she actually saves his life. Yeah, she goes. Um, she but the, but, the, impor- burr, but the important thing is that's not even the interesting part. The interesting part is when she when she runs in, and he's basically thrown this clot, and the wife is freaking out, totally understandably. And Izzy loses her shit on her, and she's yelling for her to get out of the room, get out of the room, get out of the room. She never got to finish that experience of being like the good intern who listens to the story and as a, you know, yeah, that, true, yeah. that side bedside manner doctor. I thought that was actually really smart because we always want to wrap that shit up. You know, she tells a woman she'll be back to talk to her. She never yeah. does. The next time she talks to her, she's screaming at her to get out of the room because she's in her way and she's got to think and it saved the guy's life. Right. So it was just an interesting thing that I thought yeah, was nice it, because yeah, was, yeah, that well, felt more realistic. Well, yeah. I mean, she was basically given like shit for hours, you know, and, and had no break and, lost her mind and again there's all these other mystery interns that like apparently can't help with anything yeah that are just sort of hanging out and nurse Um, linda was in there by the way there was a nurse linda yeah nurse linda um before that we go into the deep brain stimulation i'd like to talk about that surgery the the deep brain the 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 parkinson's oh the part yeah no i know you want to do that one yeah 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 let's jump into that so do you want to well yeah i mean it's it's a basic it's you know like it's not a basic surgery but like it's 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 one of those classic and god you'll see it a lot in gray's anatomy the when the patient has to be awake during the operation you know it's one of the one of the doctors is like pay attention to me don't worry about it you know right and meredith that's meredith's job in this one and basically the guy's like trying to do gestures like with his hands like copy one of the there's like a, a nurse that's giving him like a therapy nurse of some sort who's giving him like a hand gesture to copy he can't do it and Derek is like futzing with his brain trying to get to the right spot to like stimulate it you know and I I mean I don't know how accurate this is I assume it's fairly accurate I mean that like again like they can have some weird dumb bad medicine but I think they wouldn't be able to do a fairy tale procedure like this you yeah. know but like so it like at, at a certain point you see like just a and, and Derek even says you'll know it when it happens you know you'll be able to tell and like his hands just sort of stop shaking and he looks and just starts moving them and it's actually a it's a nice enough moment I will it's, say it's, that what I found really um, moving about that moment was actually in the filmmaking of it which you know again you don't notice that stuff when you first watch it you just start, mm-hmm. sort of taken by it the music sting they use was perfect and I wouldn't say it was perfect in was this particular chancy. moment I thought it was perfect I can have my own opinion. You can think whatever you want. I know, want. and I'm disagreeing. And, and they also did this really lovely moment where as he's trying to do it, they're focused on his face, so his hands are a little bit in, they're out of focus. And the minute that he's, his, he's ab- his hands stop um, tremoring and he, they stop, 
there's a, it focuses right in on his hands, and yeah. that's done with the music. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's done very well. It's will, just uh, done very well. I forgot to do the credits at the beginning of this episode, so oh. let's thank director Scott Brazil, which sounds like a pseudonym sure does. for that. Um, yeah, and also the episode was written by Krista Vernoff, who was apparently the head writer until 2007. Well, there you go. Um, and she coined, according to the Grey's Wikia, the famous Grey's Anatomy seriously as a comment, and... Apparently, according to Grey's Anatomy, the Grey's Anatomy wiki, wiki seriously is a running thing on Grey's Anatomy. I didn't, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Never picked that up. You know, so I guess may, we should start keeping our eyes out for seriously, I, I guess. I guess we should. And maybe, you know, make a... You know, and, and the original air date of this, by the way, was May Day 2005. Wow. May 1st, 2005. Uh, We're not so too there. far from being I forgot to do that at the beginning. Sketch. I want to go ahead and get our facts Appreciate out. Appreciate that. So, um, while they're... Now, now jumping backwards, uh, so you were saying that... Izzy brings in information to Burke. Burke is in the surgery with the tumor at this point, and um, and Alex overhears it because he's been sitting in the, he's gallery in the gallery watching, making fun of George. Um, you know, and suddenly he realizes, like, and he thinks Izzy's basically done this to take all the credit from him. So he's down, pissed at him, and she's pissed at her. Oh wait, other way around. Strike he's that. Pissed at her. <laughs> uh, thank you. And so he's yelling at her, and they're in. They're literally in the scrub room yelling at each other while they're trying to do surgery. And under his breath, Derek makes a comment like, you know, always, uh, always nothing, fun. you know, always fun at Grey's Anatomy. You know, not Grey's Anatomy. Always, always fun, fun here on Grey's, Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy, the TV show. I'm an actor. <laughs> always, always, you know, or like no drama or anything here at Seattle Grace. I can tell you the exact line because oh, I think yeah? it's in the wikia. Is it? Why don't you yes, find that? Uh, but as soon as he says the line... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and the line is, never a dull moment here at Seattle. Never Grace, a dull moment. makes the dramatic irony of what he... Which is actually... Not this, dramatic this irony. Was, the this was a, this was actually an interesting moment because I actually did, got a jump scare out of it. I he did. Like, he, got, he got a jump scare because I'm not an, a big fan of arterial spray. An artery bursts and sprays all over everybody, and it is it is a really you just don't expect it to happen. And she obviously you know goes downhill very fast. They've gone through all of their the supply O-negative, of O negative, the O negative blood. They've gone through the second supply, the backup supply, and Alex overhears this and he throws a mask on and starts running like full bore tilt to go get the blood that's on its way but they're really afraid it's not going to get there in time so they're jump cutting between what's going on in the surgery and Alex running to get the blood right and and, and as and the surgery gets worse and worse and worse and Derek's freaking out and going no no damn it yeah. damn it and, you know like they're pump, pumping they're, her heart they're, they're, and, you know he's like you know there's doing he's doing chest compressions he's trying his best to get her heart moving again and uh but no she ends up bleeding out on the table he calls the time of death, and Alex runs in like 15 seconds later. Yeah, I got the uh, blood. The, and he's just standing there holding the blood bag, staring at her, yep. realizing that he's failed completely and miserably. Yeah. It's really, it's, 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 it's a sad moment. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it, I didn't get the joy of his sadness that I would have had Meredith failed. Yes, but I know. It's, um, so, yeah, it's. Yeah, and, 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 you know, like, during that, like, it's kind of a talk where basically Bailey's saying, you know, like, like, because he's like, like when the when the artery blows, like basically Derek's like, who cut this? How did it cut? And Bailey's like, you know, it's just it just blew out. Yeah. Because she's just it's just too know, much pressure like, on the with the yeah, tumor. Yeah, like her, her arteries. Like there's a comment earlier when Burke's working on it um, that her artery. They, like, have you ever seen an artery that big? Right. It's and, like the uh, size of a thumb or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And um, but and so Burke goes over to Izzy's patient to like finish the work. You right. Know, and he, he kind of says like it's really messy, you know, and she apologizes and he says, Don't, you saved his life. Right. You know, and so Izzy gets to feel pretty good about herself. Yep. 
Man, so at uh, least somebody's life got saved. You know, and then uh, and the, so, and 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 Parkinson's guy and his daughters were actually yeah, walking yeah, down the like, hall. Yeah, yeah. And... Meredith walked him over to her, to his daughter, and and they and I will say another kind of heavy-handed shot, but it worked well enough. Yeah. Was it looks like he's walking her down the aisle. Yeah. The way they're like the way they're holding arms is the way that like a lot of times you see a father and daughter locked arms, you know, in like a like at a wedding. Yeah. Not, was... not the way that you walk down the aisle because you had two parents walking you down the aisle and also you know, as is and you were and you as is the Jewish way. Yes. Yeah, you know, but like it's like the the more Christian like you know generic wedding like would be the father and. Um, of course, uh, you also, you know, like if he had stopped, uh, like to look at literally every human being and took a thousand years while, while like while the poor groom was just sitting up there alone, sweating, nervous, terrified. Were you worried I was going to turn around and run? No, I was just more like get over here so we can get in that hot tub. <laughs> hot tub. Hot tub. Oh yeah. Oh no one. <laughs> no one here knows that. <laughs> no one here. Sparky does not know that. You're Sparky right. wasn't at our wedding. I, I know. He wasn't, so invited. He wasn't invited. He had to spend time in a kennel. Aw, poor Sparky. He was in a doggy hotel. Well, yeah, but they had kennels. Well, I guess. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have a queen size bed. I, you know what? He probably did because that owner loved him. Oh, that's right. He was she still, was like he was she still was, at stay, right? He, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. She they probably did. loved him. Which is weird. Yeah. He's terrible. He's not terrible. You're terrible, Sparky. You're not terrible. You're not Meredith terrible, but you're pretty bad. No, you're Sparky awesome. Um, So that's pretty much how the episode kind of ends. I mean, at the end, at the very, very end, um, Meredith uh, shows up with a bottle of wine. And And the whole episode, George has been like dithering about Meredith and being made fun of about it. And um, he finally decides to really ask her out. So he he comes back. uh, He comes back to, he comes to her room carrying two bottles of beer and two glasses and smartly didn't pour them until, you know, he gets to the door and kind of. It's kind of cracked open. Like he knocks and looks in, and it's empty. And he turns around dejected. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Meredith in the rain. And finally, Seattle's got rainy weather. Yeah. Now, you know, finally we're at, we're a little more accurate from what I hear. Never been to Seattle, so I don't know. But from what I hear, it, it has a bit of rain. Yeah. But uh, so Meredith says, you know, there's a great like to Derek. There's a you know she's got this bottle of wine. She's like, I know this great spot where when the sun rises, you can like over the ferry and you see the ferry boats. See the ferry boats, and he says, you know, I have a thing for ferry boats. You know, and she's like, I remember it, and you know, and of course, I'm like, all I can think is, that's right. Meredith is using Derek's one true love, the ferry boat, to try and get his pants. <laughs> Perfect. And that's basically, that's, yeah, that's... and the episode ends with a really, really shit. Like her monologue part at the end of the episode is shitty, terrible. Yeah. It's like some some of the clumsiest, like, like, all right. The metaphor he says, like, you know, like, you know, like, because you know, it begins with this whole like thing about like about like quoting the Ben Franklin line about never put off for you know, till tomorrow, what you can do today, whatever. And it ends up with being like, you know. Well, there's your, t- if tomorrow never comes. Yeah, exactly. But it's still like, it's clumsy to, like, again, it's a, it's a gimmick. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it annoys me. But like, she does this whole blibbity blibbity blop. Like, we've all heard the proverbs, heard the philosophers, heard our grandparents warning us about wasted time, heard the damn poets urging us to seize the day. I don't know any poet that actually urged us to seize the day other than the dead poet society teacher. Right. You know, so, and I don't think, I, I'm pretty sure that was written off of that, not off of a, whatever Latin poet actually said carpe diem. Sure. Uh, but then, you, this is it. This is the one that I love, though. Still, sometimes we have to see for ourselves. We have to make our own mistakes. We have to learn our own lessons. We have to sweep today's possibility under tomorrow's rug until we can't anymore. Like, that is the worst fucking line I've ever heard. And that is like, that is that line that you're taught in writing classes. When you find that line you're super proud of, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's the line the writer was super proud of. 
That is the, ooh, I'm so clever. Yeah. We have to sweep today's possibilities under tomorrow's rug. Yeah. Just, oh my God. That's like, that's not even motivational poster. Okay. <laughs> so anyhow, this is, this is, uh, yeah. Oh, and then she says intractable also in that monologue, which is, come on. So for those of you who um, don't know, we have opened our Facebook page. Woohoo! Um, yay! So we're at uh, you probably have like eight likes now. <laughs> Facebook.com. Like us, we're pathetic. Slash Hard Gray's Night. Um, and uh, I promise we'll actually give it a little bit more love than it's had, but we will be posting. We will always post our uh, n- newer, the newest episode there so you can find it. Um, you can also find us on iTunes. Um, yeah, um, and you can find us at our website, yeah. hardgraysnight.com. That's right. Um, and, you can uh, also follow us on Twitter, yes. at hardgraysnight. And uh, I don't know, LinkedIn? Do we have a LinkedIn account? No, but you can you can send us, <laughs> if you want to send us a more long form, you can send it to hardgraysnight.com. No, hardgraysnight at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm so good at this. Yeah, and if, and if you want to hear some of my slash fiction, you can follow us at hardgraysnight at livejournal.com. No. He's lying. I'm lying. Um, but uh, if you'd like to follow Crazy John Walter, and he'll tell you how Crazy much he... Crazy John? No, 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 no. Crazy John Walter is an entirely different Because he loves, uh, and how much he loves Lexi, and how much he hates Meredith. Uh, you can follow him oh, at... Lexi. At Hitler Puncher. Uh, and you can at follow... At Meredith Puncher. <laughs> You should change that. I'm not changing um, it. I think that might be too long. Or, or uh, if you'd like to follow me, I'm at Ali, A-L-I underscore Goodman. And yeah, at so... At Meredith Apologist. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, it's funny because she isn't my favorite character on the show. But no, I, no, she's your favorite. You love her. I, okay. I'm, I'm, I, that's what I hear. Okay, well, you, you, who have you been hearing it from? From, from, uh, from Sparky. Sparky's been telling lies. He just gave me a look like, what? He's like, I did nothing. What? What? Yeah. So I'm Count Chocula the dog. (laughs) So thank you for listening, and um, (laughs) this is this is a hard grazed night. Signing off. Kiss off.